Hello, and welcome to Whatever It Takes Radio, helping you do whatever it takes to succeed in marriage and in life. I'm your host, Paul Speed, and today I'm sitting in the studio with my wife, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hey, hon. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Great, great. Well, it has been a while since we have done this, and I know those who have listened to our podcast before um, have wondered where in the world we've been for seven months. So um, it has been that long. Yeah. It. Uh, wow. It's if it, as I look back over the last months, it's been a roller coaster ride. I know that in January, you and I were extremely excited. We had our annual board meeting, and we doubled our conference schedule. And we're just really enthusiastic and excited about what the Lord was going to be doing this year. We actually began to move forward in the purchase of property up in the beautiful mountains of North Georgia, Blue Ridge, Georgia. And we were uh, having the plans drawn for a Hope House. We planned on using the Hope House to do Four Days to Freedom and Four Days to Hope and Marriage Intensives. So we were all excited and, and just looking forward to 2016 and what it was going to bring. And then all of a sudden in February... I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and not just breast cancer, but triple negative breast cancer, which is a very aggressive cancer. And so, wow, that just was like pulling the rug right out from underneath us, and all our hopes and our dreams and the things that we had been looking forward to came crashing down. So we've spent the last seven months really dealing with the subject that we're going to be talking about today, which is fear. Yeah, fear... um really became a big thing uh, in our conversation when this diagnosis of cancer thing happened. And I remember back in February, um, it really was, it was like we equated the word cancer with death. And we're like, what in the world do we do now? And then we began to worry about, do we um, do exactly what the doctors are telling us or a second opinion or a third opinion? Do we look at alternative care? What if we do this one and this one doesn't work? And I remember coming out of that with, one big thing and that is we needed to hear God's voice and that was a huge step what I felt and I think we both felt in the right direction was being able to hear God's voice and what he wanted us to do in this particular situation and um, but that's what's been going on for the last seven months and um, as of today in fact later today we fly out to go back to Mexico for another round of treatment and further testing and Lord willing, some good news, but um, we will know that soon. Yeah, it's um, here I am sitting at this microphone, and I'll be getting on a plane in a few hours, going back to the Oasis of Hope Cancer Treatment Center in Tijuana, Mexico, for another round of treatment. And uh, here I am sitting here talking about fear. I want to be completely honest with the audience that fear is something that I still struggle with. I haven't overcome it completely, but I can definitely say that in the last seven months, the Lord has taught me a lot about fear and how to overcome it and how to not allow it to overcome you. And as you said, Paul, that was the biggest battle that we had in the beginning was when I was diagnosed with cancer. My sister died of pancreatic cancer. My father died of lung cancer. And so fear immediately gripped me. And then obviously that fear tried to grip hold of you. And we finally came to a place with the doctors pressuring us, wanting me to have um, mastectomy in the, the beginning and heavy radiation and chemo and all sorts of treatments that were just really, really advanced. And um, they just really scared us because we saw that the outcome of a lot of these treatments isn't really good. 
But again, the problem was we couldn't hear the Lord's voice because the enemy was screaming. The enemy of fear was screaming at us. Jenny's going to die. If you don't do something quickly, she's going to die. And basically that's what the doctors were telling us. I remember we went to two or three different oncologists and one of the surgeons that had already done two surgeries on me looked at me one day and said, hey, if you don't do radiation, then basically you'll be back here in my office and I'll be um, having to remove all your rib cage and, and your sternum and, uh, you know, large portions of your, your body. And so you've got a choice, either follow radiation and chemo and succeed and survive or die. And that was really scary when he said that because that's not what the Lord was telling us, but we had to make a decision. Are we going to silence the voice of the enemy, fear, so that we can hear God's voice clearly to follow the path that he has for us? I think it's real clear to see that fear does um, have an effect in a Christian's life. It probably is the number one tool that the enemy uses, I think, against believers and if he can get us fearful and drive us to certain decisions um, to do certain things, then, um, then he's one. We're not being led by God's spirit and um, by faith. And I think that's where we get into trouble. And I remember when we were going through this cancer thing several times as we would stop and just talk, we realized it wasn't just in this area of medical decisions. But you and I, as we went back over our life, um, even back to a young boy. I could look at things and decisions I made that were based on fear. And then I look at the outcome of them and it was almost always bad or wrong, a bad decision, but the motivation was fear. And this really is what the enemy does to us. And that's why it's so important that we talk about this today is that we address uh, fear in our lives and identify it first and foremost, because that's always the first step in overcoming something is recognizing where is this in my life? What is it causing in my life? And therefore, you can begin to fight the enemy. Absolutely. You know, I tell the women, Paul, at Four Days to Hope, that if you help someone identify their enemy, you give them the power to destroy their enemy. And that is such a true statement. And that most of the time, we as believers can't identify what's going on in our emotions and in our mind and our heart. And so if we can't identify what's going on, we can't change it. We can't defeat it. And so we're going to be exposing the enemy of fear here in this next uh, few sessions that we're going to be doing in these podcasts. And so let's just start with uh, Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 4. That verse is amazing. I'm not going to read the whole verse today for the sake of time, but if you want to go to our website, you can watch this message by video that I did this past summer, Fear a Woman's Greatest Enemy. But really and truly, as you'll hear today, it's not just a woman's greatest enemy, it's also a man's greatest enemy. But Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 4, the Lord tells the children of Israel, go into the land and defeat your enemies. Not only does he tell them to go in and defeat their enemies, but he names them. He tells them exactly who he's talking about. The Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites. He gives them the list and says, go in and defeat them. And what is so interesting about this verse is as you, you looked on down, he not only tells them to do it, but then he tells them why. He says, don't make a covenant with them. Don't let your sons and daughters marry. For if you do, they will turn the hearts of your sons away from me. Wow. God lays it out clearly. Destroy your enemies. And if you don't, this is what's going to happen. What's so even more amazing about this verse 
is that if you look deeper and research it out, uh, Paul and you and I were so amazed to find out that the name Hittites, the very first enemy God told them to destroy, the meaning of that name is sons of terror. Wow. Right. I remember that. And that's um, it's a powerful thing because that's the very first enemy he said to drive out was fear. And that's why I think we need to address it. We need to be able to recognize it in our lives. And of course, the powerful thing is he gives us the reason why. Uh, the first thing that we want to point out, uh, I guess one of the first points is that fear binds us. This is why God warns us and God instructs us to drive this enemy out because it's not a life of freedom. It's not a life of peace and blessing, which we talk about at um, whatever it takes ministry is all the time about finding freedom in your life, in your marriage, in relationships. And we go through principles of transparency and openness, confession, things like that. But the truth is what we're coming against is fear. And I looked at this in my own life when you and I would have those discussions about where have we seen this before in life. And, you know, I've heard this story once. I've heard it a thousand times from men that will tell me, oh, it started when I was eight years old. It started when I was six years old. It started when I was 11. And they go back to a time where something happened, whether it was molestation, they found pornographic magazines that their friends had or their dad had a stash or whatever. They were kind of awakened to sensuality. And the enemy came right in at that moment. And instead of it being a time of maybe going and getting support or help or being protected from parents, the enemy came right in as he did in my life and said, you can't tell anyone. Um, there's something wrong with this or it's private matter. And because of fear, worried about what people would say, worried about how people would treat me or see me, I began to hide this. And this is what we do. And the enemy, we grab hold of that and we go, yeah, that's what I'll do in our minds. And we think we're protecting ourselves. But what we're really doing is binding ourselves. The enemy is coming in and saying, yeah, this will save you. This will protect you. This will keep you safe. But that's not true at all. And we've seen that in our lives. This is where bondage comes in. And then, you know, I look at my life. I'm 39 years old and you and I are um, married, but not even happily married at that time because of all the issues that were going on in my life. And I could look at them and I could say, well, maybe it's lust. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's masturbation. If I could just put enough boundaries or fences or filters on the computers and this sort of thing, then I'll be okay. But the truth is I was being bound by the fear that I gave root to years and years and years ago, which was causing me to live a life of secrecy, which was leading to shame and embarrassment. And that's where the bondage was coming in. And that's why until I came clean with you and began to get things out in the open, freedom did not come into my life. That's when the chains of bondage begin to fall off. And yeah, maybe lust and those things, but the, at the root of it, what was giving it power was fear. Fear of being exposed, fear of being rejected. And, you know, it was an amazing moment that night when you stepped through fear and you actually chose to come to the light and have everything exposed. And look what's happened as a result. Complete freedom in your life. 14 years now that you've been walking as a free man after 39 years of walking in bondage. So as we said at the beginning of this podcast, Fear is huge. It is an enemy. And I say to the ladies at Four Days of Hope, fear is your enemy. Stop treating it like a friend. We, I know as women and men too, we treat fear like a friend. We invite it in. We offer it a cup of tea. We sit down and chit chat with it. We let it uh, tell us our future like a fortune teller. And, and we don't recognize that this is the enemy. This is the same enemy as the enemy of lust. He just has a different mask on. 
for me, I concentrated and I looked at lust so often as being the enemy, but what was given it ground behind was fear. And, you know, that was a battle that I had gone through for years and years, like you said, until I was 39 was the first time in my life I addressed that and stepped through that fear. So how has that been in the cancer situation with you? In other words, give a little bit of that history of how you broke through that. Well, absolutely. The fear was the binding thing. Um, I could not make a decision. I know that for three months, you and I both sat paralyzed. It bound us. We could not make a decision. And so once we finally broke through, and I tell you the truth, Paul, is it was uh, in the how-to, how did we, was it was just continually seeking the Lord, uh, going before the Lord and asking Him to silence the voice of the enemy and to give clear direction. And God did in amazing ways. Uh, I can remember uh, one way that was just um, shouted out to us was that I was laying in the hospital getting ready to get a port put in here in Atlanta, Georgia. I had IVs in my arm and I was scheduled. The doctor was uh, late. He didn't show up. And then um, all of a sudden he finally comes in over an hour and a half, almost two hours late. And then he looks at me and says, we just need to reschedule because uh, I, don't ha I don't have time to get you in now. And so I remember looking at my daughter then and saying, wow, we had been praying that if it wasn't God's will for us to go this route, to do the traditional chemo and radiation, that the Lord would show us clearly. And as we sought God and uh, asked him to silence the voice of the enemy, to speak clearly, it was amazing. He did that. We left that hospital and I never have gone back. The Lord then began to open up the doors and show us the Oasis of Hope in Tijuana, Mexico. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm on the right path. Do I still struggle with fear? Absolutely. Um, but is it overcoming me? No, no, I'm overcoming fear. I know that I said at the beginning of this uh, crisis in my life, I remember looking at you and saying, if I can beat fear, I can beat cancer, but I've got to defeat fear first. So that's what we're going to be talking about again in the next session is how do we defeat fear? Yeah, I remember you saying that, and that was so true. When we begin to focus on fear and overcoming fear, then everything began to change. So, so far we've talked about that and how fear binds you, but we've got two more that we want to talk about. So we'll be back in just a minute, so stick around. Ladies, do you feel overwhelmed, frustrated, or hopeless? Are there days that you feel you simply can't go on? Is your pain so deep that you truly don't know how to resolve it? I've been there, and I want you to know that help and healing are possible. I'm Jenny Speed, founder of Whatever It Takes Ministries. Join me at the next Four Days to Hope for Women, and you'll find the answers you desperately need. For more information, go to whateverittakesministries.com or call 800-605-1875. So far, we've talked about fear and it, how it binds us. But now I want to talk about the second one is fear causes us to lose the ability to discern. And that's a huge one. I know for me, when I look back um, at a critical time in our life several years ago, when we were in the process of trying to sell our house, our business was going down. We weren't sure of the future. I sure was not sure of the future. And the housing crisis, everything was going on. And um, our real estate company just couldn't make it, couldn't compete with that. And um, so instead of seeking counsel, instead of listening to the voices around me, I listened to fear. And the enemy came in with fear. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to unload everything. You got to run. You got to. 
And I did. And I look back at that time and I see that um, I wasn't discerning. I wasn't stopping and hearing God's voice like we've done with the cancer. I didn't do that. And that's a huge regret in my life looking back at that time. But it was um, a financial pressure, um, pressure which was causing pressure between you and I and the family. And it just caused me to check out. And I never really saw fear as the enemy. Again, the enemy blinds us um, by getting us to look at other people. I saw you as the problem. I saw, well, the economy is the problem. I saw these other things that I um, didn't know how to deal with. And I just, I resisted any discernment, not only externally, but also within my own life. It caused me really to look and just shut God off from speaking into my life. Yes, fear drives us with anxiety, but faith leads us with peace. And during that time, Paul, I remember out of all of our 28 years of marriage, I think that was one of the most difficult situations that we've ever gone through. The moral failure that was early in our marriage and all that was very painful, but we were able to come alongside of each other and walk through that to freedom. But when we began to lose our business in 2008, 2010, the economy was crashing, and then ultimately we had to walk away from our, our home. We, we sold it, but uh, you know, had a great loss in that. Uh, walking away from our home, for some reason during that time, we were not able to come alongside of each other. We didn't face that crisis together. The enemy was able to come in and completely separate us during that crisis. And um, I'm still amazed that we've made it through. And we made it through with a lot of help. You and I actually went and got personal counseling because we were so divided. And as we look back on it, it was fear that divided us. Not only was fear telling you to run, to, to, all, to you know, dump everything and go, but fear was telling you, you've got to fix this. You've got to fix it. And so you began to look at the fastest way to fix the problem. And so, uh, again, we say at our conferences that fear causes us to make rash decisions or either to just lock down and not make a decision at all. And in that case, you are making rash decisions. And people were trying to speak into your life. Uh, We were uh, seeking godly counsel, but you would not listen to anything they had to say because you were so driven by this spirit of fear. And so we look back and we see that we did. We lost the ability to discern. But praise God, we've gotten through it. That was in 2008 and 2010 during that, that time. But now it's 2016 and you and I through uh, pursuing the Lord and then going to counseling, we're able to come back and once again back, get back on the same page. But boy, when we look back, what a hard lesson to learn about fear. We really let the enemy win during that season of our life. And, but that's okay. God's, God's redeeming God. And so he's allowing us now to take back that ground. Well, part of that was just because, again, we didn't recognize that it was fear. You know, it was causing a lot of stress between you and I. So in our marriage, you saw me as the problem. I saw you as the problem. And therefore, we just kind of continued on status quo. You sought out help because that's what you were doing. And there was four people to speak in. But because I was motivated in fear... Again, I was bound. I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear those outside voices. Um, I'm not going to say nobody came along and said, Hey, Paul, you're being motivated by fear. Let's settle this. I don't really remember anyone being able to discern that with me, but I couldn't see it. I was blinding myself to that because, again, I caused it. It caused me to look at other people and the situation as being the problem and not fear. 
And this is how the enemy does it. It's like a mask. In other words, and it's he is binding us, putting us in bondage. We're being driven. We're not being led by peace. And I couldn't discern not only God's will, but I couldn't discern that it was fear that was driving me. And it was it was very a very confusing time. But yes, I praise God that God has shown us that. He's brought us out of that and through counseling and some other things you and I were able to walk through so much of that. Well, and I think that if we just looked back over that time and we said, okay, let's replay it in our mind and look back and say, what would have it, what would uh, faith versus fear look like in that situation? I think that we could have sat down together as a family and we could have cried out to the Lord for a solution. And we could have uh, just been able to allow him to give us his solution instead of our solution was dump and run. Right. Just dump and run. Right. And, um, and so, again, it was fear driving, not faith leading. Right. Yeah, so fear binds us, the first one. The second one, f- um, fear causes us to lose the ability to discern. The third one we want to talk about is fear leads us to control. I know in my own personal life, the first, I would say, 14 years of our marriage, I was an extremely controlling mother. I controlled every aspect of my kids' life because of fear. I knew that the life that I had come from with immorality and a lot of just junk, I didn't want my kids to go down that road. And so I, in essence, became my own God. I thought that I could protect my kids, that I could keep them safe, that I could keep all these things from happening to them, and that I could chart their destiny in life. And so I set out to do that with rules and regulations and safeguards and boundaries. And, but it was to an extent that was unhealthy. My children felt suffocated. They felt they couldn't breathe. And as a result of that, they began to rebel against my control. And I think I did that to you too, Paul. You felt controlled by me. Mm-hmm. I think the control part, it's easy to look at the external. And I can see where we did that with our kids together. But when I look back at the hidden immorality in my life. I remember one of the big areas of control, which nobody could see, but that was in the um, reactions I would have toward you, the pulling away emotionally. We talked about that earlier or intimately, in other words, pulling away, not engaging you in conversation. And that was really motivated out of fear. It was fear to control. I had to control the conversation because if I said something, it might lead to something else. And then she's going to discover this or that. And I really did that in every relationship I had. Fear and control is what governed my life. And I always worried about what someone would find out about me or think about me and so forth. And therefore, I would control what I said. And oftentimes that caused me just to pull away completely because I was so terrified that if I shared about my day or if I shared a certain feeling about something, that's going to lead to something that's going to slip out and therefore I'm going to be caught or exposed in fear Um, controlled me in that way and therefore I controlled my conversations or my ability to be able to have a friendship um, to engage other people and especially you as my wife that caused a huge breakdown in our um, communication well just listening to you describe that feels so stressful (laughs) I can't imagine uh, not being able to freely communicate because you've got so much fear that it, if I talk too much, I'm going to get exposed. Right. And so I just pull away and I don't talk. Well, I see guys like this all the time. And when I share this at my men's four days to freedom and I help them go back to identify this fear, this is huge in their lives because they realize this is what they've done. 
and that this is how they thought they were protecting or saving themselves, but then they can uh, help them lay out, look at all the destruction that's come from it. This goes back to the enemy binding us with fear. We're not able to discern what's really going on, and now we're controlling, and we think we're controlling for our own safety, but it's not. It's destroying those around me. All the way up to what you said, it causes us in parenting, in our relationships, and so many decisions, and really at work, uh, other situations, we are motivated and we are operating out of a basis of fear. And because of that, the enemy is in control and it brings destruction. So as a couple, in other words, how does a couple, a married couple, let's talk about that. In other words, deal with fear. In other words, I, I know what I'm thinking. And one of the areas, I remember a story and I got up one morning um, you may remember, and I was going into the bathroom to get dressed, and I walked by you, and it was like there was this force field around you, like the Star Wars, don't touch me. That's what I, I felt. And we went to bed. Everything was fine. I was like, what in the world happened? And I was in the closet. I was getting dressed, and my normal response would have been get dressed, get out, get out the door, let her have a bad day with the kids and put it, you know, take it out on them, but don't don't even touch this. And I remember the Lord spoke to me and I went back and you'll probably remember I grabbed you by the shoulders and I spun you around and I looked at you and my question was, what are you afraid of? And when I did that, I remember your shoulders like melted and you began to express some worries and fears and anxieties that you were hit with that morning and how it was causing this anxiety in you and fear and so forth. And I remember from that point on, and this is the point I guess I'm it's not even a curveball anymore. I just hit it out the park for you. But in other words, would you agree, though, that this is one of the if you had to give a couple a tip right now, that's what I would say. Always look for fear in the conflict. In other words, when you see your wife out of control, when you see your husband doing something, instead of just looking at them and saying they are so whatever, why not go back and address where is fear? And it may take you praying first. But would you agree with that? In other words, a perfect question would be able to sit down with a spouse and say, what are you afraid of? Yes, I remember that day very well. And actually what had happened was that was probably about, what, a two years after you had come clean and we were doing great, we were doing wonderful. And the night before, you went to uh, download on the computer some coloring book pages for our little girls. They had asked, Daddy, will you get us some pictures of castles to color? And so you went in and typed in Cinderella castles or something. And uh, when that happened, pornography came up. It somehow got through filters and it came up and you immediately shut it down. You came to me uh, within just a second of it happened and told me, Jenny, this just happened. I want you to know. I want to make myself accountable. I did not click. I did not go there. But it came up. And so we prayed through it. We walked through it. I went to bed. We were good. But the next morning I woke up and fear came over me. Fear came over. And, and, you know, as I said earlier, the enemy comes to us. He knocks on our door. And then we have a choice. Are we going to open the door and invite him in and have a conversation? And so what happened that morning actually is that I did. I opened the door and I let him in. And he always speaks in the what ifs. And so he began to speak to me that morning saying, what if? What if Paul goes back? What if he's not telling the truth? What if he has been looking at pornography again? And so in those what ifs, I began to spiral. And that's what you felt that morning as you passed by me and you felt that intense uh, heat as you described it. It was fear. But when you spun me around and you asked me, what's going on? What, is, what are you afraid of? I was able to just melt in your arms and begin to cry and say, 
The enemy's been speaking to me that you're going to go back. And you were able to speak to that fear and say, Jenny, that's not true. I'm never going back. That's not what I want. I want God. I want you. I want my family. I'm never going down that road again. And my fears were calmed. And we were able to pray together and walk through that. So great example of where a husband was able to step through his fear and because you had to do it, I'm sure that oh, sure. as you I said, I didn't want to confront you. Yeah, you wanted to get in the car and head to work because you knew you had an unhappy wife on your hands that morning. But you chose, you chose by an act of your will to stop and say, I'm going to walk right into my fear and I'm going to go and wrap my arms around Jenny and ask her this question. Well, I think, I think God given me the question as what settled my fears and gave me the courage to do it. You know what would have happened had I walked back in there and said, what's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. That, I would have exploded. The explosion, here it comes. And then I'm trying to defend myself. But God giving me that question was powerful. And that's what we use in our relationship so often now as we stop and we say, what are we afraid of? What are you afraid of, et cetera? And therefore, by identifying the fear, we are removing that mask and we can see the enemy and we know what we're dealing with instead of these arbitrary things, because often the enemy comes with fear, but he wants you to accuse someone else and if somebody else will change, et cetera. So it helps us address the true enemy, not your spouse, not your kids, not the situation, but there's an enemy that's bringing fear in this situation. And if we can identify him, then we can defeat him. And that's what you said earlier, that's so powerful. Yes, absolutely. I want to invite our listeners to come back to tune in again. We're going to have part two on how to overcome fear. Uh, and hopefully when I come back, I'll be able to give you a, a exciting report as I go down to Tijuana this afternoon and fly out and have a new PET scan done this week and go through another week of cancer treatment there. And so I'm looking forward to being able to report that I'm cancer-free. That's what I'm hoping and praying Amen. for. And uh, I would appreciate all your prayers also as I head Amen. out. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jenny. Um, okay. As we wrap up today, I think the listeners have got a good ground floor as far as talking about fear today. Uh, fear binds us, it loses our ability to discern, and it causes us to control not only others, but in our own lives to, to live a motivated out of a wrong control. So this has been really helpful. But if you've got further questions or want to know more about Whatever It Takes Ministries or how we can help you, please contact us through our website or you can call us at 336-310-5050. Thank you again for joining us today. And until next time, remember, your life can be different if you are willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes.